The Roar, the only media outlet where you won't need a two-step authentication to access. It's going to be exciting. The Roar, where every day's game day. Ten oh four a.m. It's the press box with Brad and Thomas joining us on this Hump Day edition. Concerno meter coming up shortly. We talk Clemson baseball there after their eight two win over PC and brewed a four and zero. And the last thing we discussed it, uh, Texter got in and said Shufo isn't flashy, but he's been solid at the plate and in the field the first four games, and that's exactly what they need out of out of him. Solid at the plate, solid in the field. At short, uh, I I like what Andrew Shufo's done so far at that at that position. That's one oh, of the yeah. most important positions on the entire diamond, and I I think he's played it well so far. Uh, there's just there's nothing to gripe about with Clemson baseball right now. Are they are they perfect? Is, is it all come together? Are they going to win the rest of their games? Of course not. You see, not. So you're still not you're not on the fifty six and zero. We're not on fifty six and zero. Watch here. Okay. On the on the press box, we might be if they get to to fifty. You know, maybe then we'll go on 56-0 and watch. But we're not there yet, John. But I do think the team has showcased some of its depth, some of its talent. You know, we had Jason Priester on yesterday, and he said, guys, there's people that can play the bottom of the order, can play 7-8-9. There's going to be no drop-off, maybe even better. That's how deep this team is. And then what happens last night? Jerem Purify happens. So, good job, Jason. <laughs> For informing us on that. But he's right. You wonder why we have him on the show. There's a lot of depth on this team. A lot of depth. And there's still guys that haven't really gotten a lot of opportunities that are still going to get more opportunities to come. Oh, absolutely. It's a solid start. And the Tigers get back in action this weekend when Kennesaw State comes for the Sanders Sullivan Cup. Exactly. Looking forward to that one. Can't wait. Let's go to the FOA six five four roar. Tim calling in from Earth. Hey Tim, how you doing this morning? Hey, good. How you doing, Brian? Doing well. Hey, I want to just go back a little bit on what you were talking about with uh, Virginia and I guess the overall picture with the ACC. Um, I mean, my heels are going there Saturday. I'm not going to pull a Baycock and say we're going to walk in there and you know own the place because. Bennett is a great coach, and playing there is tough. But that is a god-awful offense. You're not wrong, they, uh, Tim. I watched him play in that Virginia Tech game, and I know the eye test doesn't matter, but I think it hurts the ACC when that kind of product is on TV. And, yeah, Virginia Tech played well. But Virginia looked horrible. And, you know, I think, uh, in my mind, Clemson is better than Virginia. Wake Forest is probably better than Virginia. Maybe even Pitt, because they can score. I sit there and, and watch that game, and I was like, this is horrible if, if some teams get left out that look like they know how to play basketball. You know, I... I think that's been an opinion for a while now, Tim. I I don't think that's that's something I'm just you know hearing or noticing. I think a lot of people have said that this team does kind of hurt the ACC's image a little bit, and, and it's not Tony Bennett's fault. He's paid to win games, 
and he's won a national title doing it. So no one can fault him for how they win. But it's you know a less exciting style, uh, a style that does tend to get you blown out sometimes, and it forces you to play a lot of close games and win you know fifty two to fifty type games. Yeah, I think I think that can hurt the the image of the league to a certain degree. And this Virginia team, I I, I think offensively, it takes one guy to get hot. If one guy doesn't get hot, I don't I don't see how they win. They just need at least somebody, Groves or, or Beekman or somebody, to be filling it that night. If they don't, they're just not well-rounded enough offensively as a team to make enough shots to win. And so I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think I think Wake Forest maybe is better than Virginia. I think Clemson's probably better than Virginia. I think Clemson should have won that game against the Cavs at home. Another close game that Virginia's just somehow won. But I, I, I do think this team will be an NCAA tournament team. Um I just I, I haven't seen yeah, it this I, year. I really haven't. I haven't either, and I think you nailed it. I mean, the offense. I sat there and watched that number thirteen, and I don't know the players' names. Obviously, they're not my team, but they backed off him like ten feet when he was at the three point line, just daring him to do something. And I, I think most of the, their shooters are like you said; they got to get hot, and if they don't, that's a I don't know. It was a terrible game. I didn't stick through the whole thing because it was embarrassing. But, again, I'm just thinking of the ACC. Um, I'm not an ACC homer. I'm all North Carolina. But when you have that product and you're looking like a lot of these teams are, and then you, you guys were talking about the West Coast teams, that, that's going to make a big difference, leaving a lot of teams out from the ACC, I think. Very well, I could. just wanted to run that by you. Yep, thank you, Tim. I appreciate you getting in. Thanks, Thank, thanks for the call. All Take right, care. Yep. Yeah, I think you make some good points. A texter gets in, says, on the Adams Grover text line, Tony Bennett is the Paul Johnson of ACC basketball. I think that's a decent analogy, John. I think there's some comparable points to make there. I think so, too, and I know that we've had our jokes at the expense of the option, but I, I take that text as a compliment to Tony Bennett. That he has a style and a scheme that you have to prepare differently for. Now, is it, is it frustrating? Yes. Yeah. Does it, to all your points, I 100% agree with. Does it invite close games and invite you to get upset or get into situations that you don't want to be in? Sure. But you're causing, in, when you get into league play, when you only have like a day to prep for somebody or two days to prep, they're throwing out something that's completely different than everybody else you play does. Yeah, That's why we always talked about when Paul Johnson was at Georgia Tech, what a big deal it was in the early stages, especially of Brent Venables, to have the two weeks to prepare for the option because of how different of a look it presents. It's just hard in 2024 to wrap your mind around the idea that you can still win basketball games this way, just like it would be if I told you the triple option was getting teams into contention for their conference titles or maybe try to make a run in a college ball playoff. If I were to tell you a triple option was doing that, you'd, you'd say the same thing about them you, that we'd say about Virginia. Because what happened at Clemson when Brad Brownell, who for years and years and years made a name for himself being a heavy defensive-minded coach where he was fine winning a game 52-50. to 50. Clemson was in the top you know, 15 most years in field goal percentage allowed and, and points allowed. And then what happened um, about, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago? 
started to prioritize offense. He said, I'm going to have to sacrifice. But to give away this, the way the game is played now, I'm not going to be able to win. Why has Bennett been so successful at sticking with that style and making it about defense and hoping one guy gets hot and leads you to victory? I don't know, but it works. It's it's Well, I think what's helped is with that national title, he has a proof of concept with it. Yeah. And that, yeah, but that, that 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 title probably does more recruiting for him than a lot of other things too. Well, the problem is that title validated it so much because for years Virginia would get bounced in the tournament by bad teams. Not bad. No, there's not a bad team in the tournament, but teams that they should not lose to. Virginia was getting beat by, and not just the UMBC game. No, no, they they were because of their style. Again, they played so many close games, and and that's what the tournament is is built on. And if you can't handle yourself in close games in the tournament, you're going to really, 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 really struggle to advance. And so it's variance, right? You play that many close games, some things are just going to go against you that just are going to happen that you can't really control. And so they had a lot of times where it felt like this was never going to work. So he won the title in 2018-19. Before that, John... They had made one Sweet 16 under Bennett and one Elite 8. They had uh, two years they didn't go to the tournament under him. Then they got bounced in the first round, NIT quarterfinal. Um, bounced in the round of 32. Bounced in the round of 32. Knocked out, of course, the UMBC game the year before they won the national title. That's what they did before the, the championship. I also think he hasn't been able to find offensive pieces like Kyle Guy or DeAndre Hunter since they've left. Oh no, no, no! That that was and that's the that reason why that, that 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 Tony Bennett team was able to make that run because they were able to complement with that crazy defense with elite scores. I just I just don't think he's. It, I, I, you can't say he's never going to get that again, but in this era, it's becoming increasingly harder to think he's going to. And I'm not advocating to get rid of Tony Bennett. If I'm Virginia, I'm keeping him until the day he wants to walk out. A hundred percent. He put a banner up in there, and one that won't come down. Exactly. Yeah, that's a very good point. But in Charlottesville, that is a big deal. It should be a very big deal. I don't. I don't overlook that anyway whatsoever. He can stay as long as he wants. But do you you agree that it does hurt the image of the league a little bit? When when Virginia's one of your best teams, I've this is something I have talked to people that have been involved in this league for for a lot longer than I have, and they feel this way about Virginia too. I don't personally, but I think part of my viewpoint on that is having lived in that state for several years. So like I I have respect for UVA and Virginia Tech. Yeah, but I understand that I come. I have a different viewpoint than than you do on this. Yeah. I just look from a historical side. I think I mean, the game has changed incredibly. And you have got to have guys who can break people down off the dribble. Or someone you can dump it into and create their own shot in the post. If you don't have either one of those two things, nothing else, in my opinion, is, is going to, to give you prolonged success. But yet Virginia finds a way. They persevere. And we talked about them back in like December. Maybe it was late November. I thought this was the worst Bennett team I've seen in years. And yet, here they are with 20 wins already in late February and knocking on the hills of the hills with the hills coming up. Yeah. 
So a chance to to make a real run at, at first place. And they got Duke, too, coming up. So they have a chance to win the ACC. And we're saying that in late February about a team that I think is the worst that Bennett's had. I still stand by that. They have no offense whatsoever. They they do not score. Especially if Beekman can't get going. Or or Groves or so, yeah, yeah, like it done. Like somebody's got to get hot from the outside for them to have a, a real chance. They just don't play offensive basketball as a team and a unit. You know, you compare it to like to North Carolina. You got Baycott on the on the post and create his own shot. You got RJ Davis outside creates his own shot. And then the other pieces fit into that. The Ingrams. You know, they all just sort of kind of coexist in, in, in that with that method. Clemson, you got PJ Hall, you got Joe Girard, Chase Hunter can can drive to the basket. You've got a lot of guys who can create. And Virginia has nothing like that. And yet they're ahead of the Tigers. Then they are knocking on the door of first place in the ACC. Gamecock James is up next. Hey, Gamecock James, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? We're doing uh, well. I wanted to ask you a Braves question. Uh, what do you think of the Braves getting Kalinic? Were you for that, or were you just going to kind of wait and see? What are, What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I had no problem with it. Uh, they didn't really give up a ton, I think, to get him. And uh, he's a, you know, yeah. low – uh, low price, high reward, you know, kind of player. If he if he breaks out and has a huge year, then uh, it's, it's going to look like a great Anthopolis move. And if it doesn't really work out, he sort of stays the player that he was in Seattle. Yeah. I think I think the Braves will survive just fine. I mean, there's really no no downside yeah. to it. Do you think there's an upgrade based off Eddie Rosario, regardless? A potential upgrade, yeah, but it hasn't happened yet, so I'm not I'm not going to say it's 100. percent Yeah. Seattle gave up on him, so I, I just kind of wonder about that. But anyway, I wanted to ask you about this. Compare him to Whit Merrifield, who was available me, way before. Let me him. let me say this about uh, I, I wouldn't frame it. Seattle gave up on him. Seattle got tired of waiting. They got tired of waiting yeah, for him right. to be that franchise mm-hmm. guy who mm-hmm. you know like really lifts your organization forward. They just got tired of waiting on that. Yeah, when Whit Merrifield became available, I said, man, he ought to go after him. I mean, I looked at their stats last year. I mean, yeah, Whit's going to cost $8 million, but it's only one year. He's 34 years old. He's still got a lot left in the tank, I think. Why not sign him to a one-year contract? He can play four positions in DH, where a clinic cannot. And he only play one, I think. But uh, he hit two seventy two. 11 homers, 67 RBIs, and 26 stolen bases with a 700 OPS. And Kalinick hit 253, 11 homers, 49 RBIs, stolen bases, 13 with a 746 OPS and 105 games. I would have spent the $8 million on Whit for one year because that's what he likes to do anyway and throw off his go to these one-year contracts. And see what you know. I think he could have helped him. Now he's let him go to the rival Phillies. I couldn't believe that the other day when I announced that. I said, "Now you ain't tell me I got to pull for Whit Merrifield and the Phillies." <laughs> well, anyway, I I would have done that. Well, would you not have gotten him? No, I don't. I don't think. I, thank, thank God, James. I appreciate the call today. I don't. I don't think I would have. Um, I don't think Whit Merrifield helps the Braves. I mean, I, I know why you want Whit Merrifield on on the Braves. I mean, it's obvious. You know, he's a former game guy. Of course you want him on, on your favorite MLB team, but at the the price it would have, you know, cost financially, 
just wasn't the kind of player the Braves were wanting to get. They wanted to get a young player with upside, right? That was the key. This is a uh, this is a a small a small bet for a high pot to win. You know, Wit. You bring him in, he's got to hit a certain mark for him to be worth. Uh, I'm not saying financial is a huge hit, but for him to be worth what you're what you're going to pay him, he's going to have to perform. And and I don't think they needed that that position flexibility all that much either. Uh, with the amount of games a lot of these guys play for Atlanta, so I don't I just don't think with Merrifield would have made a whole lot of sense uh, for the Braves. And I think I think going getting a Kelnick for a cheap price and seeing if he can turn into a a star without the pressure. I mean that's the thing they're talking about right now. And in uh, training camp or in spring training is that he's going to be hitting behind, you know, Olsen and Riley and, and Acuna and, and Ozzy and all these guys where, I mean, he's going to be hitting six, seven, you know, he's going to be hitting after Azuna probably in the, in the lineup. Man, that's, there's just going to be no pressure on him to perform. Six, five, four, or more to come on the other side after this. Criminal charges are serious with life-changing consequences for you and your family. Let us help you navigate this process. Let us be your advocate at Ryan Beasley Law. I'm Ryan Beasley. Our law firm works in courtrooms across the state at all levels, municipal, state, and federal. We also work with students who face conduct issues at their colleges and universities. We work with our clients throughout this process from pre-arrest investigations to intervention programs as well as criminal trials. With over 20 years assisting clients, our firm has grown to include former state and federal prosecutors. Let us put this experience to work for you If you are facing an investigation or criminal prosecution, please do not hesitate to contact us. Let us seek the best resolution for you. I'm Ryan Beasley, and I look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Ryan Beasley Law. Find them online at ryanbeasleylaw.com or call 864-679-7777. Ryan Beasley Law. Here at ATV Outfitters, we stock more ATV, UTV, motocross, and street bike products than anyone for hundreds of miles around. We have more than 10,000 tires and wheels on hand, and we pride ourselves on great prices and getting you the accessories you need fast. Come see us in the items that are readily available to get your vehicle ready for the street, trail, or mud pit. Don't buy elsewhere. We'll both lose money. Come by the store located at 2485 Rutherford Road, Greenville, or shop online at ATV Outfitters. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit CantyCanFixIt.com. It's the moment you dream of. The moment you work for. Train for. Run wind sprints when nobody's watching for. The moment when hours of gym time, court time, prep time, all culminate into this time. The moment when millions of bounces, blocks, and boards all add up to this. Your moment. Ingles, we're with you every step of the way. Craft Stove Store and Patio is here to help your home stay warm and cozy until spring with over 20 burning displays of vented and vent-free gas logs. Vent-free logs will heat for just pennies an hour and even keep you warm and cozy in the event of a power failure. Craft Stove Store and Patio even features the radiant heating vented gas logs that have a real fire look and radiant heat. 
Visit Craft Stove Store and Patio located on 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor's. Craft Stove Store and Patio. Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screened porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. Tax Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. This tax season you get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data and a new Samsung Galaxy A15 for just $99. So you can give your janky phone to your kid. Yeah! Good talk. Switch to Straight Talk for plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at Walmart and straighttalk.com. For network management practices, visit straighttalk.com. Device offer ends 41424. In-store activation on single silver unlimited plan or higher required. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. It's hoop season here at The Roar, and we've got you covered all day long. We are The Roar, where every day is game day. We're back here live on the roar at 10:25 a.m. That wasn't an official Braves report. You can play the chop if you want, John. It's up to you. Nah, he's shaking his head over there. No. What were you? Uh, what were you bemoaning about a few minutes ago here during the break? What were you just talking? I about? haven't read it yet. But the Athletic has um, what I am going to equate as a hit piece out on the Pittsburgh Pirates today. Why? Oh, because they don't spend any money. They in don't their, spend any money. Yeah, they're, they're broke and they're cheap and they don't care about winning. They care about their balance sheets. What does that say? It feels like I'm talking about college football when I'm looking at my Major League Baseball team and I got to talk about TV money and payouts and payroll and all this stuff. I'm sorry. It's just sell the team. If you don't want to spend money on your team, then sell it. You'll make a profit. Maybe someone will buy it who actually wants to try to win. It's a crazy thought. I mean, no no team in the league is trying to do what the Pirates are doing, other than maybe the Royals. No one's just just adverse to spending any cash whatsoever. And like when you have good players, you just refuse to pay them big money. Are fans going to the games in in Pittsburgh? Some. So the, the crowds aren't are to the point where they're not like Oakland. No, no, no. Because it's still a... The people of Pittsburgh love the Pirates. They just hate Bob Nutting. So nothing's going to change. No. As long as people are coming and there's there's revenue coming in and it's your not payroll a ton. is super low. It's not a ton. I but mean, it, they're not selling out the ballpark every night. No. I mean, you get a couple thousand in there, but... But as low as your payroll is... Yeah, you're not having like the fan boycott situation like you're having in Oakland or anything like that. They're still going to profit, right? They're still yeah, making money. I mean, Major League teams always turn a profit. It's just sad. It is sad. I, f- I feel bad for it. And I, I hate it for the just the the ecosystem of, of Major League Baseball that the Pirates have no interest. I, I don't want any team to have no interest it's in. It's not good for sports. It's not good for the league when you have multiple teams 
in different markets are just, eh, we're just happy to be a part of it. Just happy to be here. I I don't. I, I mean, I'm tired of it, and we haven't even started the season yet. I. <laughs> That's that's the sad part is that it just, this is going nowhere. This this cycle that you're in with the with the Pirates just does not stop. Well, I guess it would be one thing if the Pirates never had historic success over the years, if Roberto Clemente and Willie Stargell and those guys had never played in Pittsburgh. Yeah, if you didn't have numerous World Series titles under your belt, because it is one of the more you know original franchises of the of the game. It's a proud franchise that the current owner just doesn't care. I, I don't understand either. Uh, text from the Abscorping text line is asking us for some updates on a couple players in Major League Baseball. One, former Brave that you just mentioned, Eddie Rosario. As far as I can tell, there's no buzz on Eddie out there. I've heard a thing. He, I don't think he's in anybody's camp. I, he's not signed a free agent deal. I, I, as far as I can tell, I, I don't think there's anything going on with Rosario. The other player that was mentioned, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, former South Carolina Gamecock uh, from Sumter, South Carolina, played for the Yankees. Got you know, got played for Texas. Uh, he's had he's had a good career, been a good pitcher of the Cardinals. He's, yeah, he's had a good career. We don't really know where he's going to play yet. <laughs> he's still trying to figure that out. Do you think it's waiting on? And we, we see this in a lot of sports where veteran players are kind of going to wait to see what the first big injury will be, or you know, kind of what openings will be there shaking out kind of just figuring out who's who's in the rotation who's not what what team has the biggest hole yeah maybe so what's your best what's the best landing spot for you uh maybe uh the thing is he wants he wants more he wants multi-year deal he wants like probably like a three four five whatever kind of deal you're uh, he probably wants even more like five or six year deal but that's not what's being offered for him Teams want to give him a one or two year deal, and so he's going to hold out really until he has to, until he realizes, gets probably to a point where it's like if I if I don't take a deal soon, then I'm probably not going to pitch, or I'm not right. going to start the season with anybody. So it's it's there. There's a game being played here. The Phillies are involved. Uh, the Yankees are an option. The Rangers might still be an option at some point, but nothing's nothing's close to. It sounds like nothing's close to being decided. He's just kind of in limbo right now. He wants a long-term deal. People are not offering long-term deals. I mean, what what do you do? Is he a Boris client? Texters are asking, is he a Scott Boris client? I'll have to check on that. I don't think he is. I'll have to double-check on that one. Um, But I I think that he's he's playing a little bit of of the game right now. And whether or not he signs before the season starts is still, still in question. I don't want to see him go to the Phillies. I don't want to face him. I think he's a pretty good pitcher. You know, we could use some starting pitching in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, really? You I can't a, sh- pay a shocking him. fact that, you know, we, we could use some quality arms in, in a downtrodden organization. You can't pay him. Oh, we could. We just don't want to. Big difference. Uh, I, if, if you say so, I, I don't know that... I don't know if the Pirates have or don't have any money because they just refuse to spend it. So it's hard to figure out what they actually have. Yeah, it's a I lot think, of fun. I think he is a Scott Boris guy. To track a little bit as to how this game has been played. 
Yeah, it, it means he wants a very, very heavy long-term deal worth a hundred plus million dollars, and no who one doesn't, right? I mean, I would also like one of those. Well, how hire Scott Boris to represent you here at the Roar? I don't know. If he's going to like the percentage of cut he's going to get off you as a client. Percentage? I'm not giving him a cut. <laughs> you have to pay some upfront money to hire him. By the way, I'm good on that front. Uh, Texer asks, "What happened to Seth Beer? He is in the." In my Pittsburgh Pirates minor league system for the 24 season. I believe he'll be with the AA Altoona curve when things get going here. Another texture gets in and advocates for relegation. Do we need European soccer in U.S. professional sports? I don't know if we can beat the Durham Bulls, man. I don't know. I don't know if that'd be good for the Pirates. Well, I, j- just a thought here, okay? I, I've, I've actually thought of this before. You expand Major League Baseball to add some teams. Like, you put one in Charlotte. I know they're looking at, I think Manfred said the other day, Salt Lake City and Nashville are two cities they're looking at towards expansion. You put one in Nashville. I was going to be my other city. And then two out west. Whether you do, you know, keep a team in Oakland and, and still put a team in Vegas Salt Lake, whatever, however you want to do it, but get two East Coast, two West Coast, and then you have four extra teams, and then you do those teams would have to play minor league baseball uh, until they can get built up enough to join the majors, and there's relegation. I don't hate it. It would just be such a fascinating dynamic to see take place, to see major league ballparks playing AAA baseball. You don't think that's going to work? I don't think you get owners to sign up on that. Yeah, because that—that's the one problem with sports in this country versus you know over in Europe with soccer stuff like that. These owners are not going to give it up. Yeah, but why, why are you going to ask for for an owner like Bob Nutting in Pittsburgh, who cares more about what profit he makes versus what type of wins that they have? He's—you're he, not going to get the agreement on that because he's going to lose gate money. See, the, the problem is it's not even the game and money. the TV deal money. The, the, yeah, the TV deal money is the issue. Like, how do you work that into it? How do you factor that in? Because you, you're signing long-term deals um, with, you know, who, with whatever, whatever, media, or, yeah, yeah. whatever media platform it is. You're signing, and, and that's that would get weird. Like, you would have to, if you're only in Major League Baseball, you only get a certain amount. If you're not, then you don't get anything. Like, how would you, and then how do you fund your team that way? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, because Texas gets in the relegation battles would be intense. I completely agree. That would be must-see television to see Pirates versus Reds and the loser goes to AAA. More than stakes for stakes. Yeah, Quokka, I don't know if we'd be able to talk much that week. God, there'd be a lot of stakes on the line. Not just the ones that Quok owes us to cook, but also the ones that keep you from being able to play in the major leagues and getting all that money. Yeah. But you got to spend that money if you get it. You can't just go. I mean, you, you could. I mean, European soccer teams do that all the time. They go up a year, you know, and they just they're just happy to be there, and they collect the extra TV, pay off all the bills, and, yeah, pay off the debt, and then they go back down, yeah, and win, <laughs> and, and then they come back, they come and, back yeah. up. It's, it's a cycle type thing. I, I don't know if the stadium thing. It would take some getting used to, but you watch Premier League, Luton Town Stadium looks nothing like Etihad, where the Man City plays. Okay, it's very fair. They're, it it really looks like AAA versus the majors. 
Yeah, Wembley and where Nottingham Forest play are not equal. I get that. Yeah. That being said, I don't think the Green will drive. No offense, are going to make it to the the majors anytime soon. But yeah, I'm just trying to think of like AAA parks even around. I mean, there, I guess there's some that you can make it work. Triple A teams, but like I, I'll use Charlotte for an example. The Charlotte Knights, if they were to get the expansion, would they add on to that stadium? Do you think, or would they would they trot out a new major league franchise in that ballpark? No, here's this is what I've been told. The way they built Truist in downtown Charlotte is that they can add an upper deck to it, okay, to make it large enough to be a major league, whatever the requirement is. So, but the, yeah, they built it with the foresight to think down the road that if this ever does become a major league team it's we don't have to move that's what i've been told i haven't read that or studied that that's just what someone told me uh, when i was in charlotte during the acc because we were we were at a, a media event that overlooked the stadium you look straight down and see it and that's what that's what I, I i don't know i can't verify that for sure but um it still would be small they would still maybe have to do some other things too I am not against this. I I have as I have grown in my passion for watching European soccer. I I am I am gaining more and more steam toward. I would love to see somebody in the U.S. try out relegation. Would you be for this model if this was six years ago when the Braves were bad? Of course not. <laughs> why Why would I want that? I I just just because. My team is currently sitting where the Braves were six, seven years yeah. ago, where they were pretty bad when you first start getting on these airwaves. I'm just, cur- I'm just curious now that you are at the top of this one of the top four franchises in baseball right now. Are you for the relegation as you know sitting at the top of the table? If you are, well, or- well, it depends. It, 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 that would have forced the Braves' hand to handle how they ran their organization differently because the Braves would not have been like, okay, we'll go down. That's fine. They would not have agreed to that at all. They would have then spent the money to make sure that didn't happen. So I, I think I think Atlanta is maybe not the best example because Atlanta went through a purge, right? They they got they purged off a bunch of contracts. They stuck for a little bit. They built up the farm system. They underwent several uh, front office changes to get things in line. They went through a bunch of different people. Uh, they 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 took a different approach than just. Um, let's just stink for a decade. They they knew they would be good again. And they put a lot of emphasis on international. They got caught doing things that some more supposed to do. But they, they put a lot of emphasis on international players. That's how they ended up with Acuna and Ozzy, you know, some of these other guys. So I think I think Atlanta would have would have gone about it differently. It, it it would force teams, I think, to have to spend and you know, you know where you would have to really work hard in. This would help the this would help the team like the Pirates. You would have to upgrade what you're doing in international, uh, you know, free agency stuff. Like going after, not have a draft, but going after international players and building up. You basically build your own little farm system in some of these countries where you're sort of, you know, watching these. It's kind of like European soccer. Definitely, yeah. Where you go into like, you know, an, an academy or whatever. It's very similar to that. I just don't think that they're going to um, want to spend what it's going to take to build up some of those departments. Yeah, Texer gets in, and I tend to agree with this. American owners will never will never approve promotion relegation, sadly. Even in MLS, where it makes the most sense, the owners will never do it. We just have a completely different structure, and because it's it's so vastly different, it would take 
too much overhaul to go the other way. Again, I would love to see a league try it, but we we our, our television deals, our sponsorships, everything I think is just financially a different business model than relegation, and it probably wouldn't work, but you know where it could work. College football. More to come on the press box after this. Don't go anywhere. East Main Furniture and Easley, where every day is a sale day. Come find deals on living room, bedroom, dining room, lamps, rugs, mattresses, and occasional furniture. Brands like Lazy Boy, England, Best, Ashley, Catnapper, Liberty Furniture, and Von Bassett. All at discounted prices. If they don't stock it, they can special order it for you. Now offering up to 12 months. Same as cash on purchases over $300. East Main Furniture located at 829 East Main Street, Easley. Or call 864-442-6054 today. Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont and at SaltyFriesFryes.com. Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota, also known as Halt and Anderson. First Class Halt, your dealership alternative since 2011, wants to be your preferred service center. With factory trained technicians, OEM parts, and top-of-the-line diagnostic equipment, we have one goal to keep you on the road. This is why we offer a three-year, 36,000-mile nationwide warranty, courtesy shuttle, and repeat rewards. Anderson, what are you waiting for? Come experience First Class Halt, your dealership alternative for Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. Serving delicious meals at a fair price for over 50 years, Wendy's commitment to good done right is unwavering. For decades, they've served up great deals to feed the whole family. And nowadays, they're bringing you breakfast favorites, the pretzel baconator, the biggie bag, and you can't forget the frosty, all available to order in the palm of your hands with the Wendy's app. Doing the right thing in the right way is the Wendy's way. Download the Wendy's app and visit your local store today. Estes Heating and Air, the elite tile dealer of the upstate, is here to give you peace of mind with an exclusive offer. If cold air is blowing from your unit and your heat is on, it's time for a routine checkup. A priority customer membership with Estes Heating and Air includes two full routine services to make sure your unit is running efficiently all year long. New members enjoy $25 off the one-time membership fee. Estes Heating and Air, the elite tile dealer of the upstate. 864-718-7200. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The needs of modern businesses are always changing, but corporate cards haven't evolved in decades. Until now. Meet Ramp, the all-in-one finance platform that combines corporate cards with spend management software. Ramp is the only card designed to actually help your business spend less, not more. With Ramp, you can set custom controls to stop out-of-policy spend before it even happens. And Ramp software even does expense reports for you. No more manual entries, no more chasing receipts. And with best-in-class accounting integrations, you'll close your books in days, not weeks. Ramp gives you better insights and a real-time view of all company spend, so you can stay focused on the big picture and build a healthier business. Join over 15,000 businesses who have switched to Ramp and start saving an average of 5%. Modern finance runs on Ramp. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. That's ramp.com slash sports. No transfer portal here. We're here to stay. We are the rule where every day is game day. 
Welcome back to Hour 2 of the Press Box. John Hyde here with Brad Sankiff, and we're working our way through MLB relegation models and all these great things going on right now. 654-ROAR if you want to get in and join the conversation with us here this morning. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to change sports today. Are we? We're going to try? Let's fire the concernometer, see what we can do. To tell you the truth, I'm a little concerned. Whenever anybody says they're a little concerned, they're very concerned. As a matter of fact, I'm really more than a little concerned. And when they say they're more than a little concerned, they're desperate. Hmm. Is that a foreshadowing of meetings going on between college football's highest level decision makers this week? Maybe. Maybe not. I guess we'll see. John, there's a lot to get to in the world of college football. Uh, have you have you seen the? Uh, did you peruse? Now we, we announced it yesterday the five plus seven model, but did yeah. you peruse all the different intricacies of that? Yet? A little bit, a little bit. I'll ask you what, this. what jumps out to you. Notre Dame. Ah, we'll start there. Okay. Are you concerned if you're Notre Dame? with the decision that was made. Now, you are not allowed to be one of the conference champions because you don't play in a conference. Therefore, you can't get one of the top four seeds in the new 12-team college football playoff. If you are the Irish, you have to, at best, get a fifth seed, which means you don't get that coveted buy. Your buy comes by not having to play a conference championship, essentially, right? You get a buy the week before. Correct. So I ask you, are you concerned if you're Notre Dame that you agreed to these stipulations? Um, a One li- through five. A two. Because this is the first time where not every, you're not fully having your cake and eating it too. There's a little, for the first time in Notre Dame football, they're operating at a slight disadvantage. Slight, as I, in... I mean, the slightest of disadvantages here. <laughs> okay, because they have their own TV deal. Jack Swarbrick's on every committee. They get they get all the treatment they want. I understand all those things. The sport is set up to help Notre Dame. I'm kind of glad to see the college football playoff committee tell them sorry. If you want a top four seed, join a league. Yeah, I think I think when they outlay this, there was no other way to do it. Now, does Notre Dame have an easier path than some teams into the college football playoff? Yeah, I would I would say so. If they win ten games, they're getting in one of the yes. They're getting one of the automatic bids. Definitely. Is it really an automatic bid if there's a stipulation, whether it's written out on a contract or not? But just in common knowledge, that if Notre Dame and I, I think we'll find this out as the years go on, but it's already being assumed that if you get to a certain benchmark of wins, you're going to get one of the 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 um, at large spots. At large bids. But I think we're going to see several times in this 12-team field where a 9-3 and Notre Dame team gets in. You think multiple? 9-3? Yes. yes. So they don't even have to get a 10. No. 10, I think, is a guaranteed lock. Oh, 10's a lock. Notre Dame's in every year. They win 10 games. Which, but 9-3, and depending on the rest of the country, 9-3 and Notre Dame will be way more attractive to the four-letter network and the people who put this on for $7.8 billion than Wisconsin winning 10 games. Then NC State winning 10. Wait, we don't live in that world. Then Miami <laughs> winning 10. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Notre Dame just brings so much additional value from a TV standpoint that if there's ever a slight chance that Notre Dame can make the field, they will put them in because of the money that it will make them by having Notre Dame in the tournament. I want to see what the precedent is going to be with Notre Dame. Maybe we'll find out this year. Maybe they'll be good enough to be in the in the first 12. But then once that first precedent is set, once the first year Notre Dame gets in, they're going to have to match that benchmark every year, being the committee, not Notre Dame. So if they put Notre Dame in as a nine-win team, then you're going to say, well, every year they're a nine-win team, they're going to get in. If it's a 10-win, you're going to say, well, they're going to get in for course if they're 10 wins. They're going to get in every year now. You sort of have to keep that's what I'm saying. You have to keep the status quo of Notre Dame. No other team in the country will be held at that standard. Correct. None. Not, not any other independents, and certainly not anybody in the league. Notre Dame, will. there will be a precedent set of what they have to do to make the playoff each and every single season. And it will be very, very rare that they would go against the precedent, in my opinion, because of the, the things you outlined. Uh, Texer gets in. Notre Dame can just schedule easy every year, win 10 games, go to the playoff. Technically speaking, they probably could. If if that's the benchmark, if that's the precedent that is set the first time they get in. We, John, this is how it's always been with these, with these committees. Whatever they do the first time, they sort of stick with it the rest of, even though they, they change out different people. Until the final year of the, co- the 14 uh, college until, football playoff. Yes, yeah. until this Until year. it's no longer in their best interest to do so. Well, that's because Alabama was involved. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, and I mean, if you believe the the Georgia stuff, they they knew Nick Saban was going to retire, so they had to put him in. <laughs> Did you see that stat somebody had? I can't remember who had it on on Twitter, on X, that uh, they're the Alabama was the only team that lost in the first five weeks of the season to to get in by not winning their. I think it was it was something crazy like that, and they did it like multiple times, like. There's a, there's a precedent for certain teams. But Notre Dame will hold the biggest precedent of all once this thing is figured out. Yeah. And it won't matter who they schedule. They'll still play their, their traditional teams, but some of those are built-in wins regardless. Stanford? Army, or uh, I'm sorry, Navy? Purdue? <laughs> uh, right now, USC? Yeah. And then, of course, and, and like, and let's not act like the ACC always gives Notre Dame the toughest path every year. Like, I, th- I think traditionally Notre Dame does schedule fairly tough. In the ACC, they're going to draw Clemson, they're going to draw Florida State at times. So I, I don't, I don't, but I'm not, but, I'm not but, saying that they. But they're they put locked together. into BC every year. Like they have to play, they play Wake Forest way more than they should. Yeah, they do play for whatever reason. Play Wake Forest all the That's time. That's what I mean. So, like, there's yes, they to your point, they will give them a Clemson a lot. We have seen Florida State some. We've seen them throw go play North Carolina. We've seen them play Miami, but Wake Forest and BC are almost always on that schedule. It seems like. Yes, but I mean, you know, Gray gets in here on the Adams Co. Roofing text line with a very interesting point. Did Notre Dame help create this rule for them though? It seemed like this was their idea rather than a spurn. They'll play the same number of games as conference champions, for example. Oh, I don't. I don't think it was a spurn. I think that they, they, they had to give something to get something, and it helps when your athletic director gets to be on the committee. Yeah, yeah. To negotiate to to find the middle ground there. Well, yeah. It wasn't like Notre Dame was left out of all conversations, and they just got to go with whatever the the powers that be come up with that was never the case. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a committee a couple of years ago when they first started floating this out where it was Greg Sankey, the Mountain West Commissioner, 
another conference commissioner, Jack Swarbrick. Yeah. Like he's always on these committees. Yeah. Texter says, I'm not a Notre Dame defender at all, but guaranteeing that you have a harder path to actually win the playoff every single year is a huge deal. They'll join the league at some point. Maybe. You don't, I, you don't, I just you don't, don't I, I don't see it, no. Now, they never get a bye. They're going to have to roll through. They won't entertain that option until the ACC's grant of rights is over because they have never seriously considered joining this league. And the way it is set up, if Notre Dame is going to be forced to join a conference right now, they have to join the ACC. But is it really that different to say they've got to win, what, four? They got to win four straight games to to win the, the, the title? Yeah. Well, if you're one of the top four who gets a bye, you win your conference championship in those games. You've won four in a row to go win the title. I know, but at the same time, if you're if you're Alabama, you don't have to win your conference title to get in. In fact, you could make a case where if you're already set and you're already in, you could rest your players in the conference championship game and not not put them um, at, at risk and allow you know them to get a bye week so that they can. But but you know but you'd have to be locked into a one seed, regardless at that stage. And maybe you wouldn't be, depending on how it all shapes up. Hey, right there on the uh, phone lines, we got Tim Beret, our good friend from the Clemson Athletic Network. Uh, Tim, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. You want to chime in on this Notre Dame conversation? I thought there should be a Notre Dame grad at some point to call in and uh, jump in on this. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, point to be made, you know, Jack Schwarbrook was on the committee that came up with this system. And, you know, I think he thought that it was only fair that Notre Dame's not going to join a conference. They shouldn't, uh, they should, you know, shouldn't get a buy. And so, I mean, it started, started with, uh, with him, him, by the way, he is retiring in a month. Yeah. Uh, so there'll be a new person in that, um, that uh, position. Um, but I think also that the thing Notre Dame looks at it is if they were good enough to have a bye, then they're going to have a first round game at home in December at Notre Dame stadium. And so I think they like the idea of hosting a playoff game if they were going to be that good. Well, it makes a ton of sense, Tim. And you know, Notre Dame will sell it out as well as anybody in the country. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense, especially with you know kind of the arrangement with NBC and things like that, where they can just get such a spotlight on that university in a standalone game. I, I think that's a very good point. Yeah, it'd be an interesting situation too if they do host a game. It'll be the first time since 1990 that somebody other than NBC televised a game from Notre Dame Stadium because obviously ESPN's got the rights. Oh yeah, that, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that unless in terms of how long it has been. Unless ESPN farms some of that out, you know, there's talk about that. Maybe the first round games, they might, you know, give up some of that. Uh, we'll see. I don't none of that's set in stone yet, but I just heard some some talk about that. Um, what what is the new the uh, the new incoming um, athletic director at Notre Dame? What role will he play? You think moving forward in the in, in the landscape of of the powers of college football? Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a little bit interesting. I don't think there'll be uh, actually there's there's total change at Notre Dame coming within the next year because there'll be a new there's a new university president, there's a new chairman of the board of trustees who happens to be a classmate of mine, John V. Meyer, and then the new uh, 
um, athletic director. I don't know that there'll be a change in policy, whether there'll be more readiness to, uh, to join a conference. Uh, Notre Dame will join a conference at the point where they can't schedule the way they want to. Now, if you look at their schedule, even this year, they've, they've, they've got uh, Northern Illinois and uh, Miami of Ohio on, on there as uh, as home games, which is, you know, that's not typically who Notre Dame's going to, uh, you know, play with. Last year was the first year ever they they played a 1AA uh, team on their uh, on their schedule. So that's that will be something to, uh, you know, to watch. Um, when Notre Dame left uh, the independence in basketball and other sports, uh, that to some degree is what uh, uh, happened. Um, so it'll, that part of it will be uh, interesting to uh, you know to see. That's why the agreement with the ACC is so important to Notre Dame because it's the way things are changing in, in college football. It might be harder to schedule the non-conference opponents that they want. For instance, they're playing Texas A&M to open the season. As Southern Cal going to want to keep playing? Uh, when they go to the Big Ten, uh, you would think that they would, but um, you know we'll just have to uh, to wait and see. Absolutely, uh, this will be a fun, fun little case study here uh, with with Notre Dame and how the the new era of playoff will push or not push them toward any any changes in and how they run things. Tim, yeah, I, the other comment I wanted just to, to make was about the committees. You know, you, you talked about the precedent the committees set, but the, the structure of committees, the people on the committees change. You only need to look at basketball uh, to see that. Last year, Clemson won 14 conference games and didn't get in the tournament. I mean, five years ago, ten years ago, that would have been, un, un, you know, unheard of. Um, and there's just, a, you know, a change now with the NCAA basketball committee. It used to be, who have you beaten? And and now it's kind of like who have you lost to? And uh, so my point being that you know the opinions on you know what's going to be important to get in the college football playoff, you know, could change over time. I don't know that it's necessarily if Notre Dame wins ten games every year, if their schedule's not as strong as it needs to be. That's another reason why the scheduling is going to be, um, you know, important. Yeah, I don't I don't think Notre Dame's going to go the easy route and just try to load up on a bunch of easy teams just to make the you know like, I mean some of this is out of their control anyway with the ACC agreement but I don't I don't foresee Notre Dame uh doing that I don't I don't think it helps them uh to, to go that route regardless Tim uh thanks for your yeah. time today we'll uh we'll be listening to you tonight on the uh, on the call with Don Munson down in Atlanta looking forward to it well we look forward to listening to you y'all have a good broadcast tonight have a safe trip down there and uh see all you, right try to Try to see what you can do for the for Brad Brown and the teams they try yeah, to. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we've been playing better on the road than we yeah. do at home, so hopefully that will continue at least for another game. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Tim. We appreciate you. Thanks for getting in. All right. Thank you. Take care. Tim Bray for Clemson Athletic Network. Um, nice, little, nice little tie there with Tim. Absolutely. No, I, I always appreciate when we're discussing Notre Dame for Tim to get in. I always appreciate. He has a lot of insight into. into I like a dissenting opinion of mine on Notre Dame and the administration, everything going on there at Notre Dame. So I appreciate Tim sharing his thoughts today. Top of the hour break. We come back. Hour three gets started. More concern on meter.
WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cal-